Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Life for Wired podcast, and thank you guys for joining us on this Monday, December 11th. Today's episode is going to be all about metabolism. This is playing off of last week's episode that we did, which was the six factors that negatively impact metabolic health. And this week, we're going to be giving you guys five proven ways to boost your metabolism and improve your metabolism. But before we begin, this episode is brought to you by Nash Nutrition. The Nash Bar is made with simple and nourishing ingredients, 20 grams of protein, and is naturally sweetened with honey and dates. And what a lot of people don't realize is that most of the so-called healthy protein bars that you find on the market are in fact heavily processed with fillers and unnatural ingredients. And we know that if we consume too much processed food too often, it can eventually lead to long-term health issues. And this is a topic that Chris and I both have talked a lot about individually, collectively on here. Um, you know, we have experienced firsthand, we see it also in clients, just the compound effect of consuming too much processed food too often. We know that this can negatively impact our gut health, our digestion, but most importantly, as it relates to this episode, our metabolic health. And this is why we love the Nash bars. They're made with all whole ingredients. We never even have to think twice about any of the ingredients that are in there, and they truly are the good for you protein bar. So make sure you guys head to the show notes after the episode, go to their website. The next release is going to be December 14th at 6 p.m. You can put in your email to get reminded as soon as that release happens, but I highly encourage anyone listening to this episode that wants to get their hands on a box of bars to set a reminder You know, on that date of December 14th, at least like you know, 5.45, 5.50, get ahead of that 6 p.m. window because they go so super fast. Um, so on to today's episode. This is episode 114. Five proven ways to boost your metabolism. And anytime I feel like, you know, Chris and I are putting together a topic like this or putting together content, you know, to talk about within an episode about metabolism or about these very, you know, common desirable outcomes in our health and fitness journey, it always brings me back to, you know, when I was very early on in my journey, when I was trying to figure things out, when I was, you know, really trying to pinpoint, you know, what what really matters, you know, what do I what do I really need to be focused on? And it's just so cool to be able to deliver this information to you guys because, you know, this this isn't a, something that, you know, we've just been doing for, you know, a couple of years. I feel like, you know, my own fitness journey, for example, goes well back, you know, into literally like late grade school. I remember I first started working out in eighth grade. I was interested in nutrition and training um, and all these things we talk about, like all throughout my time as a, as a younger athlete in, the, in my high school years, as a collegiate athlete. Um, I always joke, I wish I knew, you know, half the stuff I know now back in those days during high school sports, college sports, you know, I, I, things would have been very different. But basically what I'm getting at here, guys, is that, you know, we've, we've been through so much struggle ourselves. I can't even tell you guys, you know, the amount of BS, you know, that I've had to sift through my own self, you know, throughout my own life as it relates to health and fitness. And I just wish, I really, really wish I had something or someone, you know, kind of like this resource we're providing to you guys to just cut through all the bullshit and give us exactly what's going to make a difference in our lives, especially as it relates to being fit, being lean, having a healthy metabolism. And, you know, I just feel like for so long, I was so focused on all the wrong shit. You know, I was focused on, okay, what's the, what's the supplement, you know, that I need to, you know, lose fat or, or create fat loss with my body or improve or boost my metabolism, whatever the fancy marketing says, or what's the specific lift or the specific exercise itself that's going to, you know, create fat loss or improve my metabolism or what's the, you know, next diet strategy or way I can manipulate, you know, my diet trend. Um, and what you guys are going to ultimately find throughout this episode, we talk about none of those things. Um, you know, maybe, maybe kind of in relation to some of those topics, but it's none of those things that really make the difference at the end of the day. And so we just want to help you guys really just get clear on, you know, what are things that you can do right now in your life that are proven, scientifically proven to make a difference with your metabolism. And we know that if we have a good 
metabolism. We have a healthy functioning metabolic rate. A lot of other good things are going to fall into place for us. And so we just really want to encourage you guys to always focus on that compound effect of your habits. You know, we're going to lay out five different things, but you know, maybe for you in your life right now, it's only realistic to improve one of these five things. And then when you get really good at that, maybe tag on a second thing. And before you know it, if you guys can just chase that 1% better mentality and that compound effect of your habits over time, you're going to look up and your guys are going to be crushing it across the board with your health and fitness. So take it one day at a time, one habit change at a time, and just get the odds stacking in your favor because we know it's going to be an accumulation of our habits over time that ultimately put us in a position of success. Exactly. And like you, I was doing it all wrong back in the day. I remember vividly reading, worst place to ever get your fitness advice or the dieting magazines at the checkout at the grocery store. So my mom would take me to the grocery store. I look at the diet magazines and it's like, incorporate this spice into your drinks and you will increase your metabolism, speed up your metabolism with green tea, you know, pills. And I was like falling victim to all of those things. Even when I was like getting deep into like studying fitness and, you know, making my own programming, doing these things like this was pre-college when I actually got into nutrition and training courses that actually taught me like the foundational habits like that we're going to list off today. But I would remember like back in the tone it up days, which I know a lot of women like this is where you started your fitness journey. I used to do those challenges when I was in like high school and early college and they would have like in the meal plan to drink these certain like morning cocktails or like mocktails that was full of like turmeric and like all these things that were supposed to like speed up your metabolism and well like spicy foods like there is research out there that shows that can help but I was like relying solely on like having these spicy shots in the morning and then taking green tea extract pills and you know without even focusing on the basics of like eating more protein eating enough I was eating 1200 calories or less probably I was um going to the gym, but I wasn't necessarily resistance training as I should have been. I mean, back then at 17 years old, like I don't know even half of what I you know, know now, but what I was doing was like running on the treadmill for 30 minutes, doing a Pinterest workout. So I was probably like deleting any muscle frame I had on my muscle. I had on my frame before even building more lean muscle mass. So doing all these basic things that we're going to talk about in today's episode, think about the opposite, like what we talked about last week and like we talk about like the mistakes we've made and we're trying to save you guys time and energy. I went to college for exercise science and nutrition to learn about this stuff. And we know not everyone is going to be spending thousands of dollars, you know, on college courses to learn these things. So we're here to educate you guys. It's our job as coaches and why we're qualified to do so, so that we can help you guys skip ahead. Like think of like a video game for you guys out there. Like we're helping you get to level 10, starting at level one, when we had to go through every single step to get to where we are now, we're giving you guys the blueprint to metabolic health. Because as we age, I know that a lot of women, for example, I coach women of so many different ranges. I coach moms and daughters. And a lot of people do think like, as we grow older, that our metabolic health is like broken, like our metabolism is broken when there's so much outside of our control as we age. And while it's a little bit more difficult to build lean muscle mass as we age, yes, that is a fact. What we do now determines the foundation that we have metabolically. The less we extremely diet, the more muscle we have on our frame, the more we focus on the things we talk about in today's episode, the higher metabolic rate you're going to have for years and years to come. And these are things that are within our control. Yeah. And I just love that you talk about mastering those basics because that's really what we're going to talk about a lot in this episode. And I think it's just so important for people to understand, you know, especially you guys listening, like how important it is to have a strong foundation before we try to just do all this extra shit, you know, kind of like Christina said, like talking about like the, the turmeric or, you know, I know like nowadays, like, you know, the cold therapy, cold plunging sauna, all these other things that are, these are great. Like they can definitely improve these areas. They are by no means the end all be all, but we're 
but these, these things that we're going to dive into and give you guys right now, these really are the foundational things. Like these are the things that we should be looking to master, you know, before we even get distracted by all these other things, because without that strong foundation, without having those basics mastered, we're really going to struggle to get the results and really get the outcome that we're looking for in our health and fitness journey. And I'm sure so many of you out there can relate to that because there are just so many distractions. There's, there's all these fads that, you know, come about in the whole culture of fitness that, you know, sound nice or, you know, it's, it's great marketing material, but is it actually going to push the needle forward in the, in the way that I want it to? And so the first habit that we want to give you guys that is proven to help you boost your metabolism is just focusing on getting proper sleep. It's going to help us keep our hormones balanced, which we talked about ghrelin and leptin in last week's episode with controlling hunger levels. These are, these hormones are going to be more balanced. Our Cortisol is going to be more balanced, which is going to help us reduce cravings of certain high-calorie foods. Also, proper sleep is going to help our bodies respond positively to insulin, which can help us avoid higher blood sugar levels and increase fat storage and can also help prevent against type 2 diabetes. And lastly is our energy expenditure, which is another area that's improved as well. And this is kind of like a two-part situation where getting enough sleep will help us not only improve our resting metabolic rate, but it will actually allow us have enough energy during that next day, you know, to increase activity levels and have a high level of active calorie expenditure, essentially, because if we're sleep deprived, if we're not getting enough sleep, we're not going to have the same level of energy, the same level of performance the next day, which is then going to drastically reduce our amount of caloric expenditure activity that's happening um, throughout the day as well. Yeah. And I can think back to a perfect explanation of like, the days where I prioritize this and the rare occasion that I don't. And that was, for example, after the Aeros tour, I got little to no sleep. And the next day I came home and was just like recovering on the couch all day. And I remember looking at my aura stats and I'm not like obsessive about this, but I like to use this as an example to clients sharing the importance of sleep and your neat, your exercise outside of the gym. And we focused on steps every day, but I think I set out from a lot of dog walks that day and my energy expenditure was over a thousand calories less than a normal day. So you can see how that over time will cause your body to be in a surplus where we're eating more than we're consuming and all those things just create a ripple effect of like your body's response to insulin, as you mentioned, and your body's, you know, response to cravings where you're eating more high calorie foods, moving less, what's going to happen? Weight gain. What decreases your metabolic rate? Excessive weight gain. So all these things do go hand in hand, but number two is more nutrition based, which is eating enough protein. And this isn't something where you have to go from eating, like, let's say you're eating 90 to hundred grams of protein right now. I don't want you to immediately jump up to 200 grams, like based on this equation I'm about to give, but Protein serves such an importance of like your body burning calories, digesting it, but also it helps contribute to lean muscle mass on your frame. But if you're someone who's not really prioritizing protein right now, like old me who is falling for all the gimmicks and fad diet kind of things with increasing metabolism and not eating even 100 grams of protein, I was eating like special K every meal thinking that it was going to magically make me, you know, achieve my physique goals. But in reality, the recommendation is 0.8 to 1 gram per pound of body weight, but I would work your way up in incremental, you know, adjustments. That's what we do for our clients. Someone comes to me eating 90 grams of protein. I'm not going to say, hey, you're 150 pounds. Here you go. And then they increase by 60 grams and their digestion's all out of whack. It's very defeating. And it's hard to make those changes to your meals in such a drastic, you know, shift like that. But if you just slowly start increasing, like, your protein at your breakfast from just eggs to more egg whites added to your eggs. It doesn't mean you have to eat less of the wrong things. You have to eat more of the right things. And we'll get to more of that fine balance later on in the episode. But the daily recommendation, like I said, I'll give you an example. A woman, let's say she's 150 pounds. That means 0.8 grams of her body weight is 120. And then the high range is 150. I even eat a little bit over one gram per pound of body weight because I do want to make sure I'm supporting my body with as much 
support, you know, to building muscle mass because my testosterone was very low with my hormone panel. But for women, I would recommend anywhere from 30 to 40 grams per meal. Men, 50 plus, obviously, your body weight will be a little bit higher than that. What helps you get in more protein is like being proactive. We talk about everything I'm about to mention. You guys have heard this plenty of times. In order to hit my protein goal for our clients to hit their protein goal for you guys as well, making sure you're bulk prepping your protein so it's ready to go. It's on hand. You're not cooking your chicken from raw to cooked in between meetings in the middle of the day. It's just not doable. And that's where it gets defeating. You're missing your protein goal. It feels impossible. These things help it feel possible. Grocery shopping with your meals, you know, in mind where you're having protein at every single meal. If you need to add more egg whites to your eggs, make sure you have that on hand. If you need to have a supplemental protein powder, make sure that doesn't run out because then it'll cause you to miss your protein. Pre-logging also helps for me because it can look like enough protein, like visually, but when you put it in my fitness pal and you see I'm 20 grams short, if I add one more ounce to lunch, one more ounce to dinner, it makes it so much more achievable than trying to make six different meals with a protein source. And then building it up over time, as I mentioned, instead of getting defeated from going from zero to 100, literally with your protein intake, build it up over time. And eating enough protein also helps contribute to what Zach's about to go into talking about lean muscle mass. Yeah. And I feel like before we even dive into that, obviously these two topics go hand in hand, but I just feel like protein is just so, so overlooked, especially like you probably see it a lot with the women you coach. I know for a fact, I see it a ton with the men I coach. It's just one of those areas of our health, of our fitness under the umbrella of nutrition that, you know, we are drastically underestimating, like especially most guys and men that I coach, you know, they'll come into my program. I would say very rarely do I ever see, you know, a male coming into my program eating more than 150 grams. And and most guys I coach way more than 150 pounds. I eat 150 um, grams of protein You eat 150 per grams uh, per day. So it's just one of those areas where, you know, yes, can we be intuitive? Yes, can we eyeball it here and there? Um, that's better than nothing. But I think people are shocked, you know, once they actually start tracking it. And I know most of, the, most of the men that I coach are always shocked to see how big of a separation there really is. Because, you know, we may think in our minds like, hey, we're you know maybe getting protein at every meal at least, but you know, what does the quantity look like? And I think it would shock most people to see, you know, kind of what they're eating from a protein standpoint and what they, you know, should be eating to hopefully build, you know, the, the muscle tissue, the lean mass that they want to. And just to give an example about underestimating protein, we went out for Zach's dad's birthday last week and we all got like salmon on our salads. And I was like increasing my protein goal. I just increased it, like I said, to 150. And I was like, hey, how many uh, ounces of protein is in the dinner? And I used to be a server like, for most of my adult life. And so I knew exactly how many ounces were on, you know, for chicken, for the salmon on the salads and stuff, for the entrees. And she told me eight ounces. I'm like, damn, that's a lot. Like normally it's not that much. And I'm not saying that's a lot in terms of like a dinner at home, but like for a restaurant, it's more than the norm. Like typically four ounces is a serving. And when it came, I'm like, oh, I'll be good. I don't need to do double. Like we're always adding double. Like we'll have double chicken, double salmon, double tuna, whatever we get for our dinners out. Yeah. My buddy this past weekend looked at me like I was psycho when I ordered five eggs. And it's like, that's what you need though. You know, when you get, when you're, when you're hitting these, these protein goals, like you'd be shocked at how much you actually need. But anyway. Yeah. And you'll be shocked at how little they give you for just a normal entree. Like it came out, and I'm not kidding you, two ounces of salmon. I was like trying to hide my disappointment. Like I would have got triple if I yeah. would have known. But obviously that does add up in cost as well. But like this is something we really do prioritize. Our grocery bill is something that we budget for our eating out. Like we make sure we're eating high quality foods. We're eating lots of protein. And that to me is more important than like having a drink at dinner. Like personally, like cost wise, like I'd rather have double protein and then have drinks on the weekends. You know, it's really important to find that balance. But I would ask and like, hopefully they're able to give you the correct answer, but I would just always double up. 
Yeah, literally. And and the same thing with like Chipotle. Like I have a lot of guys who enjoy going to like Chipotle and those fast casual places and I'm pretty sure they give you like four ounces. So like I'll even do like triple chicken when I go to the Chipotle or something because then that gives me around 12 ounces. Like to put it into perspective, like I eat more than 200 grams of protein a day. And I mean, I'm eating like 15 to 16 ounces of chicken at lunch. Like I just ate a pound of chicken at lunch. Like just to hit that protein goal. And I so, eat six ounces just to like give reference. Just to give reference. You know, it's, it's not like we're saying like, hey, go home and absolutely just stuff your face with protein. Like Christina said, like even if you are someone who has been eating a very low amount, ease into these, these greater quantities. But we literally just like, we cannot stress the importance of this because so many people out there are like, I want to be toned. I want to have like lean mass. And like the only way for you to get there, I'm telling you, one of the pivotal reasons of how to get there is going to be eating enough protein. Um, so the next one goes hand in hand with that, and that is building muscle mass through resistance training, which we know eating enough protein is going to help us do, but we gotta make sure that we are actually building that lean tissue, and that's going to happen through placing extra added resistance onto our body or progressive resistance that our body has, has to intentionally adapt to um, over time. And we know that muscle is more metabolically active then fat is, you know, the leaner we are, the more muscle tissue we have on our bodies, the more calories we're going to burn when we're sleeping, um, the more calories we're going to be burning completely at rest. And like we've talked about in the past, we're burning 60 to 70% of our total daily calories at rest. And so if we're someone who, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of muscle mass and has more fat mass, for example, like we're just not going to be burning a whole lot of calories. And if we're not burning a lot of calories at rest, that's going to take a huge hit to our total calorie expenditure. So again, most people want to burn more calories. You can do that by having more muscle, lean muscle on your body. And we talked about this a little bit on last week's episode, but if you are someone in your 20s, your 30s, um, you know, this is prime time to build that tissue. You know, what, what would suck, you know, is if say, for example, you know, during these younger years in our 20s, our 30s, you know, we just kind of waste them away. We don't really you know, focus on building that lean tissue, you know, when we do get to those later stages of our lives where our muscle just naturally, you know, we start to lose muscle, you know, naturally as we get older. And, you know, if that, if we know that happens, then we have to take advantage of this time right now where we are in peak, peak shape and peak opportunity, you know, to really put on that muscle tissue. You know, I, the way I like to think about building muscle in your twenties and thirties is literally like investing in your 401k for your future financially. You know, this is what's really going to help you build the most amount of muscle during this time of your life. So that, you know, in those later years, even if we do experience some of that muscle loss, we're still going to have a thriving metabolic rate, a thriving metabolism. And so we just cannot stress like out of all of these guys, like these are two huge areas with eating enough protein and then building that muscle mass. I mean, it is just so pivotal. We have to make use of this time. And I know that that's something that, you know, Chris and I, you know, constantly stress with our clients and that we're focused on. And so, you know, if you're someone listening to this, you know, you don't have to work out resistance train, you know, five, six, seven days a week. Like I'm telling you, the, the more I learn, the le less is literally more guys. Like I'm telling you, you're going to give your body more of an opportunity to recover, to grow that tissue um, when it is recovering. And so three to four days is money. Even most of the guys that I'm doing, you know, five or six days with those other days are typically in the form of cardio or even active rest or active recovery, um, mainly just like an, an extra bit of cardio. But, you know, from a resistance training alone standpoint, like three to four days is plenty. I'm telling you. Um, so focus on that along with eating your, your one, your 0.8 to one gram of, um, protein per pound of body weight. And I'm telling you guys, those two things, like if you can really master those two things, like those are going to make a huge difference in your metabolism and how your body continues to burn calories at rest, not only now, but in the future, like we talked about with the 401k example.
Yeah, and if you're confused on us talking about progressive overload, we actually have a whole episode on progressive overload and like RPE training separate episodes. I think it'll be super helpful if you're looking to increase like your intensity in this area without overdoing it. Those are two great episodes to listen to. Yeah, we I just pulled it up really quick. It was episode 105, um, which is optimize your training for fat loss, resistance training, cardio, both. And then we also did one on RPE, which was episode number 95. So in both of these episodes, we lay a strong foundation. I mean, you guys could literally build a badass program, um, training regimen just around those two episodes. Exactly. And I also wanted to, before we dive into the fourth thing that's going to help you create a thriving metabolism is busting a myth that like muscle weighs more than fat. In reality, a pound is a pound. But as we talk about building more lean muscle mass, it takes up less room on your physique. And that's where people get that like kind of thought process that like muscle weighs more than fat. But in reality, the more muscle you have on your frame, like I look back at pictures where I weigh the exact same amount, but because I have, because I have now more muscle than fat, like through body recomposition, through these things we're talking about, enough sleep, enough protein, progressive overload, I can weigh the same in two pictures, but look dramatically leaner and fitter in one because my measurements have changed. My body fat has decreased. So the weight is the same. And that's where people get confused of like, okay, you can weigh 150 in both photos, but you look like you weigh, you know, 130, 145 in the other photo with less body fat, more muscle. So that's why I think it's important not to just like look, focus on the scale, but to focus on taking measurements, taking progress pictures and comparing those progress pictures or videos over time. Cause that's where you see the difference in having more muscle on your frame. And I know a lot of women specifically are scared to get bulky, but I can promise you, you can look very feminine with a lot of muscle on your frame. You will burn more body fat. You will be able to feel confident in both gym clothes and in dress clothes, even with a lot of lean muscle mass on your frame. And the reality is, as we segue into balancing your hormones, we don't have as much testosterone as men to create that like bulky look. And like I said in the last episode, even with getting my hormones tested, I didn't have enough testosterone to even support the lean muscle I was trying to build. So that's why eating enough protein, having progressive overload, and getting my hormones tested was a very important piece of the puzzle for my personal fitness journey. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, it's a good point because I feel like a lot of women think like, you know, eat protein, lift weights, like I'm gonna get like jacked and bulky. It's like, what did we just say? Like I'm I'm eating 200 to 300 grams of protein and like I look this way, how many grams are you eating? 150. Ex- exactly. <laughs> so like, it's just not even like, possible for for you to be able to develop tissue in the way that like for example a, a male can um and i think that that's just a common misconception where like you know i'm telling you guys those two areas like it's going to help you build and maintain that lean mass you know it's not going to make you bulky it's not going to put on excess weight it's always going to be more of the processed foods the caloric the caloric surplus the excess calories the binge eating the binge drinking those are the things that are going to make you bulky not the protein and the lifting of the weights. Yes. If we're in a surplus by eating more protein, but nothing else is changing, like Zach said, like eating more whole foods and making sure we're cleaning things up a little bit when it comes to nutrition. If you increase your protein on top of what you're already eating, yes, you may be in a calorie surplus. That's where you will feel bulky, but there's a strategic way to do it. And that's how we, what we teach you in these episodes and with our one-on-one coaching. But obviously I've been talking a lot about hormones, um, not only through my coaching, but on the podcast and social media and everything, but I'm just going to go through the three main hormone imbalances that can cause a balance of like, it can support your metabolism. So these are the three things we kind of talked about in the last episode that if they're imbalanced, it will negatively impact your metabolism. So I'd be silly not to mention that you want to make sure these three are in the proper levels to ensure that your metabolism is thriving and working with you instead of against you. Because just for example, I won't go deep into it, but I was doing all the right things, sleep, protein, all of the things we talk about. However, my body was at zero cortisol from a high stress season. My estrogen was imbalanced. My testosterone is imbalanced. And 
through every single one of those, the doctor was like, this will help increase your metabolic rate once we bring these into balance. Just to give you guys a little rundown, a little hormone one-on-one, hormone balancing one-on-one, cortisol is an important hormone when it's chronically high, high stress season, chronic fight or flight mode. It can lead to obesity, heart disease, diabetes, which all three of those things negatively impact your metabolic rate. Eating a healthy diet, exercising regularly, optimizing your sleep, and also making sure your stress is managed to balance cortisol will help improve your metabolic rate. And also your sex hormones, estrogen and testosterone, when they are imbalanced, can lead to weight gain and increase your risk of those diseases as well. So it's really important to have these factors balanced. And you can do that through getting you know lab work done at your doctor. I think that when you do a blood panel, like I said last week, it just creates like a one snap, like one snapshot of the day, like taking your cortisol at noon, for example. If you go to the doctor at noon, have your appointment, it's missing those three other points of your cortisol pattern that are very important to show is it in the right balance. And that's through a saliva testing. So I recommend getting blood work done to look at deficiencies, to also look at, you know, your estrogen levels and testosterone. But then doing the saliva test helps you get like a snapshot of all three and show the grand scheme of like your entire day and the perfect sweet spot of your cycle as well. So if something's off, like and I'm listing off these things that can be off in terms of hormonal imbalances. Even if you're asymptomatic, like I thought I was asymptomatic. I didn't think there was a whole lot going on under the surface until I took the assessment that was like going through the symptoms. And I'm like, whoa, I actually have so many symptoms, but I was normalizing all these things. So once you stop normalizing it, you get the answers, you get the proper testing. It can really, really help your metabolic rate, which then in turn helps your body composition, your fitness goals, your performance, like my strength in the gym, my endurance, everything is improving as I'm healing these things. And it's really important to have the answers to your testing, not guessing. Yeah, I think that's just so important. It's really cool that you were able to kind of kind of go through this process yourself too, Christina, where, you know, you were, for example, you know, getting great sleep, you were eating enough protein, you were, you know, doing your resistance training. Um, you know, you were also eating a lot of whole foods, which is what we're going to talk about next. And, you know, the one key areas that was that or one key area that was out of whack was the hormones. And so that's where I think, you know, if you're someone listening to this, I, I would argue, you know, ma- majority of you guys are going to be able to improve your metabolism and just your health drastically through, you know, sleep, protein, resistance training, um, as well as eating whole foods. But if you are doing all those things right, then I think it is important, um, you know, to get the hormones looked at, like Christina's talking about, because there could be something, you know, basically underlying that we don't know is holding you back that could otherwise be improved to propel you forward. And so number five is eating enough whole foods. And as I was navigating my precision nutrition certification, and for those of you that don't know, it's just a, it's a heavily science-backed nutrition certification, one of the highest, most reputable ones in you know the health and fitness space. And I was navigating the chapter on energy balance, how our body processes nutrients, as well as metabolism. And there was a graph in the book that really stood out to me. And it essentially was all about this thermic effect of food. And this is what Chris and I have talked about on the podcast and relation to protein intake, for example, like out of protein, carbs, fats, protein has the highest thermic effect, meaning your body will expel literally energy in the form of calories, just breaking protein down and digesting it in your body. Like your, your body is literally working on overtime, burning more calories, simply just breaking down protein. And I thought, you know, precision nutrition took this a step further and it actually showed a graph indicating the thermic effect of 
highly processed food and whole foods or non-processed food. And it was crazy to see the thermic difference between, you know, the processed food and the unprocessed food where, you know, the processed food had a very low thermic effect, meaning our body can, you know, digest and process that food and that energy really quickly. So it doesn't have to work really hard. It doesn't have to burn a whole lot of calories. But when we're eating more whole foods, when we're eating lean proteins, starchy carbohydrates, fruits, vegetables, our body actually works really, really hard to break those foods down and those nutrients down in our body. So, you know, that's a really good argument for once again, eating healthy, like literally, if you guys are eating healthier, you're burning more calories, you're improving your metabolism. And it's just like, it's kind of, it sounds, you know, kind of simple, but I feel like this is just something that a lot of us, you know, actually don't realize, you know, this is something that took me a long time to understand and fully grasp this concept of like, well, wow, like our body is legitimately expelling calories, just breaking nutrients down. So this is where like, you know, even at the most basic example, cause I talk to clients a lot about this, like simply like white rice, brown rice, like white rice does not have as much fiber as the brown rice. And so your body digests the white rice super quick. So your body doesn't work really hard to digest that. But the brown rice, just a, a small swap, it will work much harder, you know, to break down the brown rice versus the white rice. So a very simple example of like, you know, a, a more complex carb, versus a more simpler carb. So it's just important to understand this whole concept of how, you know, eating more whole foods, like how it actually improves our metabolism, how it actually helps us, for example, burn more calories. And so, you know, this is an area that, you know, I think everyone, you know, can make small improvements on. I know that it's something that Chris and I are constantly being aware of, like, you know, what are, what are some healthier swaps we can make, you know, with this food? And, you know, we really have, you know, built our whole diet around like, really all whole foods, which is it, it, we can speak from experience, like your energy is better, your sleep is better, you know, how you perform in the gym, everything is improved, you know, not only just from a caloric burn or caloric expenditure standpoint, but all these other processes are heavily improved when we can focus on eating whole foods. And that's why, you know, we, we fully expect it to not be perfect. You know, we don't expect it to be hundred percent of the time whole foods, but if we can hit, you know, that 80 to 90% of the time where we're getting enough of those whole foods enough of the time, you know, it can really make a difference in our metabolic health and really just our overall health. Exactly. And we're all for that balance. We like to control the controllables like on a weekly basis with our go-to meal so that when we have family in town and we have desserts or we have alcohol, like this past weekend, we went out to dinner and had drinks with friends. That's our soul food processed food, but we're very intentional at protecting our, you know, goal food balance in order to make sure we are getting enough of those whole foods for all of these reasons we're mentioning. So there's a fine balance of all things, obviously, with whole foods and processed foods, but also that just shows you like it's not just calories in versus calories out. If you're eating the same amount of calories, but 60% of it's coming from processed foods, you are going to feel different, not only in your photos in the gym, but also on the scale too. So you may be like, oh, I'm hitting my calories perfectly. Why am I not seeing progress? It could be your goal food, soul food ratio. So that's something we always ask our clients. We're always checking in with ourselves on what that fine balance is. So Here's a reminder to control the controllables with your metabolism. I think that as we get older, we can either fall victim to the aging process, like we mentioned, or we can control the controllables and build that bank of a healthy metabolism so that as we get older, we can maintain it versus lose and we don't have enough, you know, lean muscle mass or, you know, enough of a thermic effect of food to pull from as we get older. So just to do a little recap of the things that are going to positively impact your metabolic health. Number one, getting proper sleep. Number two, eating enough protein. Number three, building muscle mass through resistance training and progressive overload. Number four, balancing your hormones. And number five, eating enough whole foods. These are all things that you have heard before from us. These are all foundational habits. These are the basics we want you guys to master in order to 
achieve your health and fitness goals and maintain it for the rest of your life. That's the whole point of our message with coaching and with this podcast. So we hope you guys learned a lot from today's episode. Next week will be 10 life lessons from me for my birthday episode since it's Christmas Eve. We'll be coming out the weekend before. And we hope you guys have an incredible week and all show notes, um, sponsors, everything, our newsletters and coaching applications are down in the show notes. If you could share this episode, you never know whose life you could be changing. It could be someone who's thinking that my metabolism is broken. There's so much I cannot control, but this episode could help them feel empowered and educated to make the changes they need to. So we appreciate every single share, every single review, and we will see you guys next week. Peace out, guys.